0: Hello and good evening. Um, I am here today with a teacher who also happens to be my mom who is here to talk about what it's like being a teacher in the middle of this crazy pandemic. So we'll start here. My first question is what do
1: so go ahead and introduce yourself first. sure so i'm taylor's mom slash trisha b i am the program director at pueblo community college for the occupational therapy assistant program um at pcc so i'm happy to be here with you thank you for inviting me of course well you are the closest person
0: <laughs> that i have Um, to a teacher and we are supposed to be limiting contact, so you're perfect because you are in my house every day. It is. Well, way to stay with the, uh, rules. I appreciate (laughs) that. Um, you have actually already answered my first question, so, um, that is good. (laughs) Um, so... What is So how long have you been doing um, occupational therapy
1: slash teaching for? So I've been an occupational therapist for about um, over 20 years. I started, I graduated in 1995, which based on your reaction, I'm old. (laughs) Um, But I then got my first job in Denver, Colorado in 1996 and spent um, several years there or several I say but actually two years in Denver and then moved to Pueblo and spent about 10 years at St. Mary Corwin Hospital as an occupational therapist and then moved in 2006 to um, PCC or Pueblo Community College to be the program chair there and actually teach what I'm so passionate about. Wow, so you've been to a lot of different places. I have. um, I kind of broadened that um, statement, but yes, I have had an experience in many different OT positions, um, but I have fallen in love with the area that I'm at now, and that is teaching.
0: Awesome. So am I correct in saying that you still do some teaching at St. Mary Corwin, and is that involved in st like is st mary corwin involved with that or is that just a place that you have decided to work or have decided
1: to teach so great question so it is definitely a teaching experience um so although i worked at st mary corwin as an occupational therapist i'm now an instructor at st mary corwin and so about five years ago They actually um, had a great partnership with the hospital and public community college to actually have a wing at St. Mary Corwin to teach nursing, medical assisting, um, occupational therapy assistant, um, some biology courses and we have a really cool opportunity and I may have missed um, surgical tech is another one I may have missed a couple and I apologize um, for any of you listeners out there that if I did miss but we have a great opportunity of what's called the healthy clinic and that is our um, anatomy lab where we have had the opportunity to fly in cadavers who have been um A great teaching opportunity for all our students to get um, more hands-on and experiential learning on what we teach and what I mean by that is for example with occupational therapy which is what I do I teach muscles but then I'm able to actually take them down to the anatomy lab to a cadaver who has been willing to say, you know what, we want you to learn on a real body, on what that looks like, and then I talk to them about what that means with occupational therapy. So it's been a great partnership with Public Community College and St. Mary Corwin in that um, kind of partnership together. That sounds very cool, and
0: um, it's crazy to hear that and see how much I guess technology and learning has evolved
1: Absolutely. in that manner. Yep, very good point.
0: So, how many students what what is the average amount of students that you have per year
1: semester, how many however you um accept into the program? Yeah, sure. So, I accept 20 students currently um per year. So, every fall We have a new cohort that comes in, and the reason I limit that currently is because um, I'm very cognizant in the fact that I want to make sure that every student that graduates from our program has an opportunity to get a job. That's what we're all about as a community college, and in order to do that, I need to make sure that I look at what other schools are out there, who is uh, who are graduating students and make sure that we are in line with that so that I can assure that when you graduate from our program you have the ability to get a job and if I accept too many students then what I do is um, saturate the actual job market and that is the last thing I want to do I want to make sure that you come to Pueblo Community College into the OTA program when you leave, if you want a job, you will have that job. And well, that's the way we do that.
0: Well, that is awesome because I know some teachers say, you know what, it, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I would love to be your
1: student to make sure that I get a job. Thank you. And, and sometimes that is frustrating because people will say, why can't you accept more? And that's currently why we choose not to, is to make sure that that market is not saturated. Awesome. So I know that
0: coronavirus started, I don't remember if it was the end of last year or the beginning of this year, and it started as not such a big deal. Um, I know for me personally, it kind of just came like out of nowhere. Obviously we knew it was happening, but um, there just came a day where just everything immediately shut down. Um, So when did you
1: guys originally start virtual learning? So I can empathize with your statement about, you know, we weren't really sure what this looked like and how it was going to look. I think we were all in denial for that. And me included. So, with my program, um, it was in March that things were starting to kind of trickle down. Of okay, this is become this is becoming bigger than we thought it was. And so um, it was mid March where the president of the college, President Urjavik, um pretty much said. You know what are we going to do about this and how are we going to lessen the exposure and assure safety to our students and so she closed the college down and said and I say close the college down we had all services ready to make sure that people were taken care of but our classes were to be online at least in my program And so I delivered my services of transferring, range of motion, and manual muscle testing, which is very hard to do online, which I had a fantastic representative um, named Taylor V. Hill (laughs) that helped me with that. And that was very helpful to me to actually um, make that transition. So
0: I've heard, a lot about that you have said about kind of having a hands-on approach that is it well i guess you have just said it's harder to do that so how have you been doing that um having the hands-on approach but not really being or getting to be in the classroom
1: to do that sure so that's been a challenge but i think we've done a fairly good job and from the students aspect and I've asked these questions they have also said you know what best case scenario no but it's not the worst case scenario we have actually had the opportunity to maybe not be face-to-face but with manual muscle testing for example when and they have said this when you had your daughter being able to be on camera with you demonstrating what that looks like, her actually representing what a patient would be. It gave us at least the visual of what that was. And then I've been supplementing that information with videos that we've had um, exposure to um, through different companies. And so between me showing on camera with Taylor and then supplementing the information on videos, I think it really has given the students a a good opportunity to see it. Whereas when we're honestly face-to-face sometimes, they take that for granted. And now they're really paying attention to that. And so although it's hard, I think there's some benefit to it too.
0: Is there, with the hands-on approach um, virtually, do they have to send in um, videos of them doing it with family members as well, or with different
1: objects, or how are they doing that? Excellent question. So I'll give you the range of motion example. that So I test somebody that has had a stroke who can't raise their arm. mm mm-hmm. Or bend their elbow or raise their wrist or bend their wrist so what I did is I gave every student where I would normally have them come in to a room with me on the day of this competency training for that and they would be given a slip of paper and um, told what they had to show me instead what i did is the day of that training i would send them that same piece of paper online and they had to actually either send me a video or do a virtual like facetime per se we call it webex where they had to show me directly okay i have a shoulder patient who can't raise their arm past 90 degrees. Their range of motion is 30 degrees. And they actually show me that range on themselves, on a child, maybe at home, or on a significant other. Either way, they're still getting the same visual that they would have had if they came in and specifically did it on me. Except we're just changing that concept a little bit. So it sounds like
0: the um it's they're adapting to what's around them to be able to do what they need to.
1: Absolutely. And that's hard for anybody. Anybody that has to change up what they're used to learning how they learn, what they learn, that's difficult for any of us whether we're experts in the field or newly learning the information. But the bottom line is, is I think that we're going towards a new way of not only teaching, but learning and delivery. And for these students, I'm thrilled for them because I just graduated a set of students, as we're talking about right now, who are now in the field. And they're saying, I didn't like it, but thank goodness I learned it because this is our new delivery model. And now I know how to do it. And so thank you for that. It's the new normal right now. Unfortunately, yes.
0: (laughs) So was there ever a time where um, you went back to in-person learning? Um, I know there's, like, I guess for us, there was a short period of time where we had gone back. Was that ever the case for you?
1: It was we did um, so the the folks that I just talked about, um, they well, two of them. They have they did get the opportunity to go back and be in person. Um, they did like it. We had to do um, what we called clinical distancing, so we still tried to keep the social distancing of the six feet. We wore masks constantly Um, in our labs. We only had half of the class, so we have 20 students, but we only had 10 in the classroom at a time. And so there were pros and cons to that. We were able to have some better maybe discussions, um, more intimate discussions we were able to have also some time that we were um more focused on individuals so whereas if you had a 20 um student class that takes more time um sometimes not everybody gets that one on one um focused time and so only having 10 we did have some more focused time so that that was good um I think the students like that, but they still missed out on that um, conversation when you have 20 students and you're able to kind of go back and forth on what did you understand about this PowerPoint or this um, technique that we just learned versus what did the other students learn? Um, We missed that. And that's kind of what has happened in this period of time. So, yes, we did. Long story short, I apologize. (laughs) You're fine. We did. Thank you. We did get back to in-person learning, um, but it was different.
0: Right. Sounds like it was, um, it had lots of pros. Um, you were able to go in person, but it also had restrictions that were harder.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And they felt that.
0: Yeah. Yes. Moving on to you personally, how have you adapted and made changes to your life, both working and personally?
1: Good question. I don't even know where to start with that. (laughs) Um, I'm sure many feel like that, but so professionally, it has really opened my eyes that... I think as human beings, we get comfortable, and we like what we know, and um, because of that, we might get a little lax. Um, Not because we mean to, but just because that's human nature. And so, I think what I got out of it um, professionally was you can think outside the box and you can maybe make some things better and no, I I don't want to continue this way forever but there are definitely things that I can improve on and help my profession, my students and this career um, in occupational therapy for my students be better at um so so I I've kind of appreciated this opportunity. Um I hope all of you aren't like throwing stuff at this podcast right now by me saying <laughs> that, but I think we can all say we've we've learned something. And that's what I've learned is I don't want it to be like this forever, but I definitely think I I can make improvements based on it. Um personally I can definitely say I have grown closer to my family. I have um, enjoyed some really good times with my family. And I, I hope everybody has kind of taken a step back from this craziness of life. And although this is not how we want to live life forever, that we can appreciate at least that... Family's important. And sometimes we take that for granted.
0: Yeah, I know know that before, from a daughter's perspective, um, I know that we were all kind of busy and going from busy all the time, a routine of work, come home, school, dinner, bed. It was, that was a constant routine. And I've seen over the past few months that we have gotten to spend a lot more family time and we are here now with our puppy so I am sorry <laughs> if you hear him in the background.
1: Thank you um, for bringing that up
0: I'm like, shh, <laughs> shh. Um, we're here with our puppy and able to do this podcast and our
1: new norm right?
0: Yes <laughs> and being on camera um, with our top half being professional and our bottom half being our pajama pants. Um, So I, it's an eye opener for all of us as well as to what we weren't doing before and what we can improve on both um, work related and home related.
1: Yep. Including change your pajama bottoms at least every other
0: day. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, to our last question um how would how will you hand online uh, handle online moving forward i know that we are kind of back to um i mean um the state it's back to red um which is one step away from staying home completely and so we're going to be doing this for a little while longer so how will you handle this moving forward
1: so I think what I have as a professional as a mom and as a human being I liked having control and I think through this entire process I have realized that it's okay not to be in control, but it's also okay to think a little bit ahead. And so I've already had those conversations. I've already had those kind of wake up in the middle of the night and go, okay, what are we gonna do if? And based on that, I guess I would, not that you asked me for this, but my advice would be, Think outside the box. And we're all doing that. And I just had a conversation with some folks at a meeting who are in all different areas of the college, whether it be art, um, music, jewelry making, biology, um, myself is occupational therapy, culinary arts, English. Everybody is dealing with different things and so We're dealing with it of let's work together let's come with what are our concerns and what are our solutions and so the way I'm going to deal with it is I'll give the example that Next semester I'm supposed to do what we did last March Except now I'm at the beginning of the semester dealing with it. I deal with muscles. I deal with learning um, a cadaver lab where we actually do hands-on and learning those muscles, not just learning them through a PowerPoint. And so maybe I do a drive-by. And my students are going to now pick up clay and mannequins. That's one way to do it. Yep. And now they're going to sit at home and they're going to look at different muscles while I'm teaching them virtually. This is the bicep. And now let's build the bicep. And here's your clay. And here's how you roll it out. And this is where you place it on the mannequin. And now what does that bicep do? And how does it work in occupational therapy. And how does it help you in your daily life? And so we can actually build together and then we can actually have discussion together. And so, is it going to be different? Yes. Is it the way I want it? No. But can it be still meaningful? Absolutely. Yeah,
0: it it's definitely a two-way street as well um, with both the students and the teachers participating it can't just be either students or teachers we kind of are all in this together and that's ultimately what is going to pull us through yep
1: that's exactly right you hit the (laughs) nail on the head it has to be a two-way street we have to give everybody grace and we need to do this together
0: awesome well, thank you so much for, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Thank you so much for accompanying, accompanying me in this, um, and let's hope that this will get better soon and we can go back to somewhat normal.
1: You know what, thank you for the opportunity, and I appreciate that statement, um, who knows what the future brings but if we can be in it together i'm okay with that yeah thank you of course